international friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shereen. And it's raining. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's raining. <laughs> it makes me so tired. Oh, it's fine. It's good for recording It is good for recording the podcast. It's true. Drinking um, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing to stay awake today. What are you doing? Um, so we're in the middle of YA Fantasy Month, if you're just joining us. Hooray. Aren't we excited? Woo! Love that. And uh, today we're talking about another YA fantasy adaptation, um, Beautiful Creatures. I feel like this movie maybe like went under the radar. It really for a did. Lot of I can't believe you'd never seen it. Trina had never seen this movie, and I she's didn't even seen, know what it was about. She's seen all of them, and I had seen this one actually a couple of times. My mom Not likes really? this movie a lot. Yeah. yeah, when it was on TV, she would just put it on because yeah. she was like, "Oh, the lead's charming. I like yes, him." Yes, it's very cozy. Yes, for yeah. sure. For sure, it really has that kind of vibe. So we're we're talk- we're gonna get into it today. We haven't read these books, so I don't know about the accuracy. <laughs> we really need to be better about. That. I know. <laughs> we're sorry. We're, I, just, I don't know anything about the accuracy of the adaptation. So I'm sure if some people have read the series, they can probably tell us like. Is it is it terrible? Is it good that way? Like, do they like change the entire story? Like, I don't know. Is it one of those that like the book is really good and then the movie itself is pretty good, but it's not really accurate. But to it's the not story. really accurate too. But it's yeah. still like a decent film. Or yeah. have did they take more than one book and amalgamate them into yes. a film? Yeah, we were talking about that, right? That yeah, we weren't really sure. I don't know if that's what the approach was. Uh, they do that with some series. Sometimes uh, we were talking about a series of unfortunate events. They tried to do that, and, and I. I think that it's because they just don't know whether or not it's going to pick up and whether or not there will be like a sequel or not. So when that happens, I feel like it's just, they're like, "Ah, I don't know, let's try this. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, maybe we'll get a sequel and then we'll do something different with it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, We're going to get right into it and we're just going to talk about, we're going to talk about beautiful creatures. I like you. You don't know anything about me. I don't know who I really am inside. I don't know what I'll be. Our words, our language can't explain all that there is. My powers will be claimed free of the light of the dark. This is an improvement from the last time that we were talking Good about Lord. a movie. Oh, if you didn't join us for that last episode, we were talking about Fallen from 2016, which like that movie is something, something else. It, I don't know. Yeah, it was worse than the um, Hallmark movie triathlon that we did. It might have been. <laughs> it might, it might have, the acting might have been worse than it was in the. And again, I don't blame the actors. I blame the script. Oh, terrible. Yeah. So, so t- I blame script and direction most of the time. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's like a big combination for it. So, Okay. Beautiful Creatures was released in 2013, for people who, you know, aren't aware. Um, it's based on the 2009 novel of the same name by, who is it, Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. And it currently has a score of 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb and 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. I would have given it a little higher than that. Well, what's the audience score? I think the audience score isn't much higher. Hang on. It's 54 what? Fallen had a higher audience Oh my god, score? you're right. No. <laughs> oh. Oh, people need to reevaluate Y'all, a little bit. No. No. Just no. 
I think this film just kind of goes to show that like no matter what the script is, like how close, how accurate or inaccurate it is to a novel Mm. that, you know, if you bother with your casting and the script and direction, like if you do, if your production value is a little bit higher, you can just get a much better film out of that. I I have no words. Like (laughs) this movie with Viola Davis and some really fantastic, charming acting has less on audience score on Rotten Tomatoes than Fallen did. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Because, like, okay, so this story has, like, it's so interesting because I think that, I feel like Fallen and Beautiful Creatures both have a lot of similarities in, like, they're they're doing, like, obviously, um, young adult romantic fantasy Mm. with gothic elements in both cases, but in a really different way. With Fallen, you had the gothic elements of, like, an old, you know, like, castle-style school, and we're out in the middle of nowhere and whatever. And this, I find Beautiful Creatures is much more like, it's gothic, like, deep south gothic, like, old southern gothic. Fallen was also supposed to take place in Georgia, Yeah, but nothing made me think that it was in Georgia. At least in in this, I was like, I believe that they're somewhere. I love the southern accents. I love Viola Davis. I love... I loved, I loved everybody in this. I loved I Emma Thompson. Were, I loved everyone. They were fun. They were funny. They were yep. out there. Like, the cast was charming. They were captivating. Like, there was just more to it. Um, yeah. So, Beautiful Creatures is not about fallen angels. It's about witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or they call them casters, mm-hmm. anyway, in this particular universe or whatever. Um, it does follow... It's set in South Carolina, and it does follow... A narration, I think that the narration is mostly from the male lead's perspective, which is also different. You don't get that very often. It's Mm. usually like the girl Mm. is the narrator and that's it. But in this particular case, you get a male lead um, named Ethan Mm -hmm. who has lived in this teeny tiny town of Gatlin for his whole life and Mm -hmm. he's bored and Mm -hmm. he hates it there and his mom passed away. Yeah, his mom passed away a year ago and so like his, and his dad's been basically catatonic since then is Mm -hmm. my understanding. Um, Until... He meets a young woman named Lena Duquesne who's come to town. She's part of one of the oldest families in Gatlin who basically founded the town called the and Ravenwoods. Still own a lot and of still the own land. the land, I believe, that most of the buildings in town mm-hmm. sit on all kinds of things. She's come to live with her uncle because both of her parents died. Um and it's it kicks off i guess it kicks off like a supernatural first of all a romance between the two of them yes but it kicks off a supernatural series of events because as we learn uh lena is a young witch she's a turning 16 within the next few months and when she does apparently the way that things work for these casters is that once they reach 16 they will be claimed for either light magic or dark magic and supposedly they have no say in the matter apparently it's all revealed by their true nature quote-unquote whatever that means and isn't there something about like the girls not having a choice or something or it's It's stronger it's that for female casters apparently there's no option like in the sense if you can't force yourself because so lena's uncle macon who's played by Jeremy Irons. Apparently he technically was a dark caster, but he chose to stop doing that Mm. and function as a light caster instead for like Lena's benefit as well. There is like some suggestion though, that that is having a, an impact on him, like that his his powers are waning basically because of it, because he's chosen to go against his His supposedly his nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So obviously, you know, their general, like, I mean, it's interesting because I find you get your um, your angstiness. Normally, you get it from the girl, and she's all like timid and awkward and annoying. But in this case, you have like a sarcastic, semi charming boy. Oh, he's great character. Um, I love what's his name, Alden Iron Ehrenreich, Ironreich, something like that. 
Um, I thought he was great. He was so he charming. He was really good. For um, once, we didn't have uh, an annoying, chiseled, broody, broody lead. Yeah. We just had like a cute teenage guy who yeah. was like just dealing with his own stuff. You know, his mom passed away. His yeah. dad's like non-existent at this point. He also looked way too old to be playing. Oh, 100%. He was teenager. probably like 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and just someone who's like trying to, who's will, like someone with whom the character, they were willing to be goofy about yes. it. There are so many instances of him being funny. Yes. And like, I love that because it's like he keeps, he keeps kind of getting like shot down either by like her uncle or her and their yeah. magic. And he keeps getting like, like spun up in some sort of like magic spell. Yeah. He just keeps kind of shaking it off and being like, well, He's that like, happened. Well, that but, happened. Um, that was weird. Anyway. You know, and I liked, I guess I liked that. And I liked that. I like that Lena's character isn't timid mm-hmm. and awkward mm-hmm. and stuff. She's actually really cranky mm-hmm. most of the time because of everything that she's dealing with and that she doesn't want to have to deal with. So she doesn't like, I do find that her character, unfortunately, as the, film continues as we get closer to her birthday and closer to her trying to find a solution to this issue um she does get a little more whiny like that kind of she's just most she's mostly crying all the time and stuff and you're like ugh, okay fine and i get it whatever it's for story purposes but i do find that especially at first when i feel like when i first watched this movie i was like oh i'm gonna like this one Mm. i think because she didn't come in like, oh, I'm so awkward and no one likes me. She came in and she was like, fuck off. Yeah, she's like, no one likes me, so what? Get like, fucked. And I yeah. was like, I appreciate that. I feel yeah. like that's what a, a regular teenager would actually be like. Pretty much. Like, you'd get kind of cranky pants like that if you switch schools a whole bunch of times. And yeah. especially the way that they illustrate, like, um, you know, the other girls who are in the high school. Oh, they're the worst. hilarious, by the way. It's like a caricature of, like, you know, yeah, what, Southern um, Belle. Zoe Deutsch's yeah. character they're Emily so funny she's very funny she, also that she's hilarious everything I see her in she's really funny yes oh, she, was she was in Zombieland 2 oh, she like yeah. stole the fucking show in that movie because it's not great she was great in this movie like she kept popping up and like acting like she's the main character's like wife basically yeah. already and he is just not oh, having sugar, it I wish you wouldn't read books like that they put ideas <laughs> in your head and you're like oh god I apologize to any southern person listening to this we love your accent I'm so sorry I wish I had one too mine is terrible um remember when we were on vacation and i told that girl from georgia that i really liked her accent oh my god and she goes it's not an accent she's so funny she's like it's not really an accent but she's like canadian people really love it and we were like listen it's because ours are terrible yeah and that is like i don't know if you want to classify it as an accent but the way you speak is really fun endearing yeah um so yeah so lena's sort of battling the idea of like the idea of going dark quote unquote and what could happen and you do have like you know and so they're falling in love with each other but they're also being told by all of the adults in their lives that like they shouldn't be together like no don't do this don't do this don't do this and you don't really understand why for a while Mm. but Ethan on a run because he is like an insomniac and he keeps having dreams of this woman that he can't quite see but obviously it's Lena Mm. obviously spoiler alert we find out that she's been dreaming of him and she's been dreaming of him too Um, when he goes on runs like really early in the morning of course uh gatlin's located basically right next to um a major battlefield from the civil war where they do all kinds of reenactments um which i think is still a thing that people do and he finds this locket one day when he's going for a run and it's got like people's initials in it and it's dated from 1863 so from basically during the civil war Mm. 
Um, and when he and Lena touch it together, they both get these weird flashbacks Mm. about like a couple in that era and someone dying. And you're like, okay, what is this? And it is explained. See, again, we watched Fallen and then we watched this like the same night. Like we watched this right after. (laughs) And it was such a contrast to have like flashbacks that make no sense versus flashbacks that are explained. Yeah, because you're like, okay, we're doing the flashback thing, right? Like, you know, let's, let's talk this through. We're doing the flashback thing. I can live with that. Yeah. But I have to know that there's going to be some sort of explanation of said flashbacks. And it needs to become clearer as the movie's going along. It can't just be a big jumble of blur and then we never get unblurred. No, no, no. No. And no, that's it. We never never truly get an explanation for why. No. In this particular case, it turns out that Ethan's ancestor fell in love with Lena's ancestor during the Civil War. He... What did you... He... What fuck? What's it called when somebody runs away from... Oh, um... Damn it. Um... Oh, desertion. Is that the word? Yeah. Is abandonment of military duty or post without permission. I feel like there's another word for it. No, because you're like a deserter, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, no, it's desertion. All right, fine. Anyway... (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, So anyway, so he's basically... That's it. He... Deserts, I guess, in the middle of the Civil War, and um, when he gets when he gets back to her, he's killed, and she was she was a caster, obviously her ancestor as well, because I think they all have been, and so she decides she goes dark in order to bring him back to life, because you're basically giving up your own soul if you do something like that, because you can't just resurrect people willy nilly, right? Unless you're a necromancer, <laughs> which we still need more and stories about. I know. <laughs> I'm bringing it full circle. Yeah, I guess it's desertion. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like it should be something else. I want to say abscons, but that just sounds too ridiculous. Abdicate, but that's if you're royal. No, that's royalty. We're going to look this up. Anyway. Anyway. um, So because of that, obviously, so I think it's supposed to be one of those things where intergenerationally, um, the Duquesnes and the Waits are drawn to one another. Mm. Is I'm pretty sure like that's what we're meant to take from that because yes. they also. So there's something too that I realized this time watching it because it's been years since I've seen it. There's something that I realized this time as well. Macon, her uncle, mm. makes reference to Ethan's mom who passed yes. away several times yes. in a way that makes me think that he was in love with her. Yes, and absolutely. Because he remembers things that she said. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that has something to do with it too. Um, <clears throat> so you're, um, I guess the main part of the darkness of this particular story is uh, Lena's, so Lena was told that her parents were killed in a car crash when Mm. she was a kid. Mm. Um, That's not true. I don't know about her dad, but um, that's not true. Her mother is actually like a really, really, really dark caster Mm. named Seraphine, and she's Macon's sister. And she has been like hiding in the darkness, quote unquote, for, you know, years and years. And she she only possesses people. she She never like shows her true form. She only possesses other people in order to like, do what she wants to do and then she goes she goes away again for a while so what she's doing right now because uh lena is about to turn 16 she will be claimed blah 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 that seraphine's decided well of course she's going to be claimed for the dark because she's my child Mm. and um 
I'll use her and we'll take over the world pretty much. Like they we'll all do whatever want to we want to do. The world. I know. Yeah, they've all got really pinky in the brain like ambition. <laughs> like le- that level of ambition exists in all of it's them. It's like why would you want to take over the world? Like that just sounds exhausting. Literally, what are you going to do? Like just go run a town somewhere in the south. Like <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> take over one area. You yeah. really need to do anything else. So anyway, exactly. that's what's been decided, but of course they're all trying to the rest of the family pretty much is trying to get her to stay um on the side of the light basically. And of course, obviously Ethan tries to help her with that as well, but Mm -hmm. it's like not an easy thing. And uh, you know, what Seraphine wants to do also is to like get Ethan out of the way, kill him, do whatever. So of course, like when she feels that sort of heartbreak, she'll automatically go dark. Right. Yeah. But like Ethan like becomes her like protector. He basically does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's something a little bit unclear about that part of the story that I was Mm. like, I don't understand. Cause when they're saying they're like, oh, well now like he's like, he's the thing that will like calm her down. I'm like that. Why? Yeah. I mean, then I guess it makes sense that Seraphine wants to kill him off then Mm -hmm. at that point, because he would be the only thing standing in her way. That's true. Um, Luckily, though, in this adaptation, she delightfully <laughs> takes the form of, like, a religious zealot in the town. Oh, it's so funny. Um, played by Emma Thompson. Played by Emma Thompson. I forget her character's name is Mrs. Lewis or something. And she's Ethan's best friend's mom, mm-hmm. actually. Like, Mrs. Lewis is that person, technically. But she, when she's taken over as Seraphine, she does, she's Emma Thompson. So, obviously, she does an incredible job of both yeah. sides. And it's always fun to see, like, a duality of characters being played by the same person. Yeah. That's always, like, a fun thing to see. So, she gets to do both, which is always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen, like, you know, that she's doing a lot of things behind the scenes. And she also uses the only other fully dark caster in their family. Um, Riley. Ridley. 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 Ridley, yeah. Yes, Ridley. Um, who is Lena's cousin. Uh, she was one that was fully claimed um, as a dark caster when she turned 16, because I guess she's like a few years older mm-hmm. um, than Lena. And she's a siren. So she can yes. mostly men, but everybody, she can suggestively just tell everyone what to do and mm-hmm. they have no choice but to listen to her. Right. There is like kind of a cool little flashback scene when she shows like with her what happened. She tried to run away when she was right. turning 16. Yes. She told me and she was like, I'm going to hurt someone. I yeah. don't want to do this. I That's don't right. want to do this at all. And then she tried to run up. away. She turned, of course, as soon as she turned 16 and she's at, she's at like a train station, like a deserted train station. There's some drunk guy across the tracks all the way on the other side. And all she had to do was look at him. Yeah. He was like in a trance, walks onto the train track, stands there, and then just gets hit by a train on purpose, basically. Yeah, so I guess the portrayal here is that she gets claimed by the darkness. Well, she's, she's a siren, also right? A siren. So sirens, yeah, like, like in yeah. a folklore sort of way, like legendarily would like mm. lure men to their deaths normally at sea. But you could, yeah. I'm sure you could do it on land, too. <laughs> hey, y'all sirens out there. Yeah. Can you let, let us, us know. know. <laughs> Send us a DM. <laughs> Are you able to do land and sea? That would be a fun thing to read about too, would be like sirens. That would Modern be, sirens. Yeah, yeah. And like you, you could have like an interesting duality between the ones who decide that they want to just like do that to people and the ones who don't really. Yeah. That would be interesting. I yeah, would read that. Battle of them. Yeah, I would read that. Anyway. <laughs> We'd read a lot of things. We'd read a lot of things. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what, basically what winds up happening, what, what everything turns out to be is that through doing a whole bunch of different research, Lena realizes that the only way that she can fully 
stay light or like not be overtaken by the darkness is not to have like any emotional attachment so or anybody around her like that so she erases Ethan's memories of her completely um one night and the only other person like other than her family the only other person who's aware of this is we haven't even mentioned this yet but Viola Davis is in this movie she's awesome Uh, in this yeah she plays Ama she's um she I think she runs the local library like she runs the library itself but she was also really good friends with Ethan's mother mm-hmm. and she um, promised before that she, she would passed. look after so Ethan. she's always coming over and bringing him food and doing stuff and I was really glad when I first saw this that she wasn't just like the housekeeper mm-hmm. um, but she's like a friend of the family who's been doing this since his dad is basically like una- unable to do anything mm-hmm. at this point um, and it turns out also that Emma, whose family has also been in Gatlin forever, is a seer. And she, she, she and Macon know each other quite well. And they work in tandem, irritated with each other. They have like a good oh, little scene great. where they like play off of each other really well. Where, you know, yeah. he's like asking her to get answers about Seraphine and what she's up to. And yeah. she does it. But she's like, shut the fuck up and let me do my job. And <laughs> she's like, and stop she tells taking him to, advantage of And she me tells and him to stop sassing her yeah. and stop like being rude when yeah. he's like, you know, he's like, well, find out, find out. He's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's so good. And like she she's contacting her ancestors who are deceased and she shows up with like containers of their favorite fried foods oysters and stuff and, and like coconut pie and it's he cute. goes he's like well it's no wonder they're not no wonder he's dead and he- <laughs> yeah so yeah. like it's just a really good it's, like it's fun because so the characters much, have yeah, backstory that is properly They've integrated into the script yeah it's not like a secondary thought of like oh i guess we should give this person a personality halfway through the movie no like they no, have one they have one yeah yeah so I, I mean, yeah, so it's interesting that way. So yeah, so we do get, obviously that's it. She's erased his memory. And then the day of her 16th birthday is also the day that the town is doing a stupid civil war reenactment thing. And mm. all the kids have to participate, even though it's the middle of their Christmas break. Do you mm-hmm. know how fucking annoyed I would have been by that? For a civil war reenactment? Like, Seriously. Like, like their prof tells them at the beginning, like, he's like, you'll all be expected to participate despite the fact that it yeah. is in the middle of your winter break. I'd I be like, get like, the fuck no, out of here. You can't force me to do this. Literally, like, no. Not when school's not in session. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so of course he and his friend, whose uh, mom is Emma Thompson, what's his name link link uh, yeah. link has been seduced by ridley this whole time because mm-hmm. she does her siren thing with him and he but he doesn't even know that she's done it he doesn't remember after he's seen her that mm-hmm. she's doing it mm-hmm. um and he they have like their little like supposedly like fake pistols right and they're like god this whole reenactment is so fucking boring do you mm-hmm. want to just like quote unquote kill each other and then we can leave but of course link has an actual bullet in his gun when he shoots ethan it shoots him Um, And Lena realizes what's happened. And of course, she does the same thing that her ancestor previously did. And she like does whatever resurrection spell to bring him back. Not something that they are allowed to do. It basically starts a natural disaster. Mm -hmm. um, But he also like, that's it when, you know, she's all like sad and Seraphine shows up with Ridley and she's like, ah, yes, you're upset. Now come be dark. Come do the dark thing with us. Um, And, you know, at first she starts to. But when the other, you know, members of her, like, family are like, don't do this. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do this. You, you can know that be you... light. Yeah, them. of course. It's always the light and the dark, right? Like, that's always, yeah. like, the thing about it. Like, that sort of duality between those mm-hmm. two. Um, so, of course, you know, she chooses not to. She 
I guess banishes Seraphine back to from whence she came, whatever the fuck, the netherworld or whatever. Yeah, because is it like an unwritten like understanding that Lena is like the most powerful one of she's, all of them? Apparently she's going to be partially because of her lineage and partially yeah. because her, this birthday, the 16th birthday is on like, on, like the most oh, powerful solstice that we've seen 5, in 5,000 5, years or something. Yeah. yeah, that's what she says. Yeah, so. so there's like this underlying understanding that she's going to be extremely powerful, which is why all this like pushing and pulling from both sides is happening, you know? And then when she decides, when she ultimately chooses, of course, not to do this, not to kill a whole bunch of innocent people or do anything crazy, um, it's revealed that the body on the ground that was shot is not Ethan, it's Macon. And he just had like a, like a charm, Mm. basically, like some sort of like, I guess, like shape-shifting spell on. And the Macon that we saw earlier is her other cousin who's there too. Yeah, you fell asleep at some point during this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I may need to go back and rewatch that. Oh, Larkin, that's it. Yeah, the other cousin that she has there. You know the one who was like eating during the fight at the table? Oh, Ridley's brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, he was like pretending to be Macon and Macon was pretending to be Ethan because he knew that if Ethan were actually there, Seraphine would have found a way to kill him. Right. Right. So, yeah, so that, so, you know, then unfortunately Macon dies and I was like, no, Jeremy Irons, no. No. Uh, who's gonna enforce the Ravenwood name yeah now? seriously nobody else looks as cool as you do no, I love that like it rocks into like a community oh meeting my god it's like yeah it's so, you want to do things against me I'll it's just so funny to yeah. see like I don't so I don't know the way that Macon's meant to look in the books mm. but it was really funny to watch the movie and everybody has this whole thing because of course Macon never really leaves their like very vast sprawling property that they have and I'm not sure because they're all talking about like oh old man Ravenwood mm. and they're talking about Macon but they're talking you expect him to be like some craggy gross like yeah. old like creepy like little old man who's hunched over wearing a cane and then like this very dapper dashing man I walks know, into the so cool. walks into the and, church like, and you're like the inside of his house looks like a museum I love that it keeps the outside changing is like, it changes with it the keeps, seasons yeah I know but like the outside of it looks like it's falling apart which contributes yeah. to this idea that he's like this like crusty like, he's like this scary Boo Radley yeah. type, basically, and that's what everybody thinks about him. And which, they of course, do talk about To Kill a Mockingbird they in the Mockingbird, and they talk about yeah. Well, that's it. They talk about, about To Kill a Mockingbird because they're reading it in class, and of course, you know, again, it's like the idea of like the outsider, that yeah. person who's not accepted for whatever reason. Even mm-hmm. though in this case, it's an interesting one because he owns most of this town. Yeah, you'd think that people would be a lot nicer to him. Yeah, you'd figure. Um, anyway. anyway, so yeah, so he dies. Um, and she's able to like banish her mom and then lets Ridley go go because she's like, whatever, get the fuck out of here. Um, and uh, then is basically able to fully claim her power properly for the light. But I think the idea to a certain extent is that she's got a little bit of both. And she's yeah, well, able they show to, her eyes yeah, the there, that do yeah. like the quote unquote dark thing where they turn a kind of amber color. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's their way of showing you like she she can balance it because she has the power to yeah. do that in the first place. So and doesn't um, he come running back to her in the end? Yeah. So basically, what's happened is that this whole time, you know, Ethan was never at the reenactment, and he still doesn't really know her in his mind because she erased all the memories of their relationship. Mm-hmm. So right before he's like leaving town because he's graduated. Um, right before he leaves town, he actually sees her at the library and he goes up and he talks to her about like a book a little bit Mm. and stuff. And he's, you know, nice to her. Mm. 
Um, and then he's driving out of town with Link. And he sees the and sign when he sees that has been burnt yeah, by her. Um, and when he sees the sign of like, oh, you're now leaving Gatlin, mm-hmm. which like they'd previously had like a couple of different scenes where they were there. He remembers things and he like gets out of the car and like shouts her name basically. Yeah, and then we cut to credits. Yeah. Um, but they just, they had like a good... It was just a good relationship vibe, which is so rare in adaptations like this that you just don't see but that. Like they were the goofy. Books, like even in like YA books, I find sometimes like the relationships are oh, they're just terrible. Not healthy. Like Mm-mm. you're like reading this and you're like, what are we putting out into the world here, people? But like this you one know? was like this one was good. They were goofy yeah. with each other. They were acting like normal fucking teenagers. Of course. And they were like awkward. And she even says to him, like, promise me that our first date is going to be a normal, awkward teenage yeah, date. Yeah. And you he know? goes, yeah, don't worry. I won't even call you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like they're super cute and Yeah. Like it's fun. just, it's just nice. Yeah. And like, and again, that they were willing to do something. That's when you know you have like a, like a better script and a better character for like your male lead is when they're able to do stuff where they're able to make it funny. Yeah. Like, you know, when after the he passes out at one point after one of the spells that someone has tried on him and when she's explaining to him what's happened he's like lying in bed with a big furry blanket up to his neck and like like a cold towel like on his forehead and you're like oh my god and he's like holding out a cup for tea yeah it's just it's really funny yeah it's a it's a good movie i really enjoyed it i mean i fell asleep at the end but like megan can attest that oh my god she falls asleep during everything and it's weird because then when she actually watches the whole thing she really likes it so i can't can't figure it out because it doesn't have to do with the quality of film. No. <laughs> no, because I sat through all of Fallen. Oh, God. I think it's because you got to make sure I'm like a little hungry and then that way, Oh, maybe. Like, yeah, like, we were really full. We went out for dinner, so maybe that's why. <laughs> it was. I was like, mm, I'm warm and I'm full. <laughs> now I'm tired. Now I'm tired. I knew it the moment you lay down on the couch. I was like, Jesus Christ, she's going to fall asleep after <laughs> the movie. I was hoping you hadn't noticed, but then I think I was snoring a bit. You so. did a bit. <laughs> <laughs> ah the things that happen after you've been friends for over 10 years i'm telling you mm. so we liked this we like this movie i just enjoyed this film now i can attest to the fact that it's been at least seven or eight years since i've seen it and i still like it it's a good movie it's just a good time you know i don't need it to yeah. be groundbreaking or do anything no, super different we but just i want the characters to be endearing I, but i and do captivating. i like the characters yeah. in it i find it interesting i get the feeling it's probably one of those that maybe if people didn't like it it's because the people who watched it read the books and they they did something maybe really different with the film adaptation i could see that being a thing yeah i could see that being something that people were like oh well you know they changed all of this and they did all these things and i didn't like the way that it turned out because it was like a completely different story like whatever mm-hmm. whatever the situation might be that i would believe yeah. for sure mm-hmm. but yeah i liked it have you guys seen this movie actually have you read the books too because i'm seriously considering trying the first one oh, i think one. i'm gonna read them yeah i could see doing that i think yeah. i'll i think i'll probably pick them up and read them because yeah. why not <laughs> they're fun yeah. yeah that's it exactly um you so you can let us know about that over on instagram at fully booked ca you can also check out our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better and if you're still here with us which i hope you are please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people but until next week guys keep on reading thanks everyone